Hello and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. My name is Marley Silva and as always, I am joined by my fantastic hosts, Dakota, (laughs) Keely and Georgia. And I am just absolutely thrilled to be bringing you the second ever episode. We have had an incredible amount of support come through over the last week and it's really touching. And, you know, before you start a podcast, if you've never done so, um, you, I guess you kind of have this anxiety around, is anyone actually going to listen to it? And is, is it actually relevant? And you guys have shown us that people do want to hear this stuff, which is really, really amazing. Um, yeah, we, we've all been sharing, you know, the beautiful messages we've got, you know, not only from people who are friends, but, you know, a a couple of randoms who are now friends. Now we're all podcast friends um, (laughs) with just really digging it. And a particular shout out um, to Cameron Devlin, who um, plays for... I should know oh this. Oh my gosh, Wellington. Wellington Phoenix, yeah, I mate. knew it was Wellington, but I didn't know what they were. Wellington Phoenix, Wellington Phoenix in the A League. Um, he's a soccer superstar, and I particularly wanted to shout him out because he said I was amazing in particular. Yeah, so he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to chat about him later. Anyway, we will um, get into all of that on the show ahead. We're going to dive into. You know, the, the headlines of the week, there's a few things that we absolutely can't ignore. Particularly, we, we found um, a, a big discussion around the state of traditional sports media and whether the constant pursuit for clickbait headlines uh, will ultimately be their downfall. There's been a few false reports, a few really gross ones that have all come out this week and made us ask that question. So I'm excited to talk about that. And also, big one, pretty divisive that came up this week as well, whether to leave the W or drop the W in WBBL. So talking about female sports and whether we actually have to differentiate in such a way. And yeah, we're really geared up to talk about that as well. But as always, we're going to kick off with our MVPs. You're the real MVP. Keely, kick us off. Uh, yeah, right. Um, also, apologies if my voice goes in and out <laughs> today. Um, I had a long week at NTLs at Touch. Um, and a big weekend. Yeah, big Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my MVP this week, um, or as always, I think, I, I think I'll always end up providing a backstory to my MVPs. Um, but um, during the week... That I was away, there was a bit of a prankster within our team. Um, Give us backstory. Why were you away? But NTLs, mate. <laughs> what if what league. if people didn't listen to the oh, last? episode? If you didn't listen to last week's episode, I was away in Coffs Harbour for the National Touch League tournament, um, where we lost our semi final. But that's all right. We won't talk about that. Um, still a super fun week away. Anyway, so we're away, and um, all of us start getting pranked a little bit. So there were posted notes left around. Um, kind of taking the piss out of each other and um, the one that I got left was in the front seat of the bus. So on the team bus I was in the front seat because I was a DJ and I opened the door one day and there was a person note on the seat that said they should call you DJ Enzyme because you're always breaking it down. Wow. Yeah, so lame it's dad jokes. It's yeah, a nerd. It had to be, yeah, that's what we um, I ended up breaking, like trying to work it out. Anyway, um, really fun. Just wanted to touch on that. Still don't know who they are. Um, so it's an anonymous prank. It's an anonymous prank star. We actually called her Miranda. Um, and the girls that listen to the podcast from the team will be laughing right now. Um, yeah, so we don't know who Miranda is. Um, there's a few of the players that are sending in random photos and they have been over the co- um, past two days. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure who it is. But I just wanted to. 
Um, shout out to Miranda for being a prankster. I just want to touch on that because, um, yeah, I've got some big pranks planned. <sighs> I think as a prankster, you're not supposed to, like, I'm just saying. forewarn. No, I've warned before and people don't know. <laughs> I'll do it again. Yeah. All right. Let's go down to Melbourne, Georgia. Who's your MVP this week? Um, my MVP and apologies for being repetitive because I know it was him last week, but I promise this isn't going to be a pattern is Steph Curry again, but not for, well, I suppose it's on court performance for his mic'd up segment from the NBA all-stars game. Not sure if anyone's listened to it yet. It's quite hilarious. As I mentioned last week, he was the first time he got to play with LeBron James and everyone would be quite aware that he has a pretty specific pre-game routine of slapping the chalk and his whole thing on the court. So it's really cool watching Steph be up close to that. And on that, honestly, my MVP is just mic'd up segments in general. I think it's my favorite content to come out of sport. I love watching the NFL. They're so hilarious. Jerome Hughes on Storm Photo Day was a really good one. And yeah, MVP is mic'd up. Do it to the athletes. I want to do it. Uh, we know we have that. our favorite yeah. one. <laughs> Say, Miles, what's the favorite? Our favorite one. Sometimes when I'm feeling sad, I'll just go and watch it on YouTube. <laughs> when right. Willie Mason. Yeah. Willie Mason. When Willie, we, we just love Willie. Yeah. And, you know, if someone wants to send Willie Mason our podcast and say, come on the podcast, that would be really nice. Um, but when he did it at Newcastle, um, was it his like last season? I don't know. But they, they had to beep a lot of it and it was so funny. Yeah. I, I love, I back that mic'd up segment. I want more. Of it, I agree. Dakota. Okay, my MVP heads out to two girls. Um, it's the AFLW Crows girls, Jessica and Lisa. Um, they on their Instagram put up a segment where they were hiding in the bin and jumping down. It was quite hilarious. So they're my MVPs. Scare cam. Yeah. Um. Shout out. Like we love scare cams. And talking about Healy being a prankster, <laughs> I actually think I have the sound of you scaring me on the <laughs> on, on, on the mixer. <laughs> I knew that would come in handy. Oh, classic. Um, all right, so it's my – <laughs> there's like a whole highlight on Killy's Instagram. I highly recommend checking it out. You can check out what my face looks like when oh, I am scared thanks, all the time. Thanks, or the fact that she hides under the bed for half an hour just to wait for you. <laughs> my MVP, uh, and honestly, I feel like he's someone that I could give MP, MVP to oh. a few times throughout the season. Uncle Denon, Denon Kemp, bloke in a bar. What a man. Um, he is, you know, one of our favourites when it comes to uh, sporting content in general. But I, I give him, I'm giving him my MVP this week for two reasons. Firstly, and I was hoping to be wearing it today, but I've, I'm, I'm wearing a T-shirt that says Dangerous Female on it. I'm going to, like, do a, a podcast T-shirt thing. I think Keely's doing that as well. She's got her Dennis Rodman T-shirt on as well. Again. Um, and I've purchased Keely and I um, – t-shirts that are going to we're going to rock when we get them hopefully this week uh for the podcast they are part of the bloke in a bar like legendary blokes um line and it's we got the ones with terry lamb on of course Duh. as bulldog supporters of course um so i i, I just want to give denon my mvp for that because it's they're just beautiful. he just knows he just knows How what we want know? he just knows and to top it off the announcement of the Bloat FC team oh video <laughs> was so funny. I was actually <laughs> I had tears streaming down oh, my face. I just like yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like him and what was that? What's the other Scope. guy's name? Yeah, but he kept saying he's like going to be the, the masseuse. team masseuse. Yeah, on those couches in like their undies and the straight face and the suit oh. on the top. Yeah. 
And just, oh, wow. Just so many one-liners in that. that That's the content that I need in my life. I know it's not for everyone. I frothed it. Frothed it. it just gave me a lot of joy. Aroused me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Someone had to say it. I'll get, hand up. What a perfect way to end that segment. Touchdown. Now it is time for a segment that we call Around the Grounds where we do a deep dive into something that is all over the headlines in sports media this week and that we can't stop thinking about. What we wanted to get into first and foremost is over the last week, some of the biggest headlines from Rugby League specifically um, have had a clear theme emerge that to us chicks revealed a really concerning picture of the state of mainstream sports media and their apparent obsession with sensationalised clickbait angles and headlines which they seemingly push out without any regard for the impact this has on players and particularly how fans treat players in response to them. So let me paint a picture for you some of the biggest headlines that that we're talking about that made us think about this sort of stuff. The first came um, on NRL 360 last Monday night when Cooper Cronk and Buzz Rothfield, um, who is, you know, he's been around for a long time um, as a... (laughs) Sports Journal kind of came head to head after the Daily Telegraph released an article saying, uh, revealing that Cooper Cronk is ha- holding two positions at two different clubs. So he is um, working for the Roosters and is is doing some work for the Storm as well down in Melbourne. Um, this this article was released and it was pretty grubby uh, the way they tried to paint him and and they really questioned Cooper Cronk's um, integrity, kind of framing him as this sort of money-hungry guy who couldn't possibly work at two different clubs. I think it's also really important to highlight that this article in the beginning came out without the proper context of his role at both clubs. Cooper is paid to be a coach at the Roosters and he is paid to be a corporate ambassador at the Storm. And in good faith, as an old player, he mentors some of the halves specifically, not on plays, not on on field as an entire team where that the whole of Storm or the whole of Roosters are now going to be able to read each other's plays. He's holding two really different jobs. And I agree, I would be sort of backed up against it if he was in a coaching capacity at both clubs, but he's not. And I don't think a big enough point was made of that. Yeah. Yeah. And we will get back to this, but I do do just want to emphasize, you know, how prevalent this this issue that it's speaking to was this week because on top of that, you know, the the video goes viral of Cooper confronting him, which I think was really an important example of, of how this reporting and false reporting does have an impact on players. Then we have the announcement of Cameron Smith's retirement, um, which is an historic day for the game for someone who's done so much in it and achieved more than, you know, basically anyone else has in its history. Um, and, of course, there's there's a lot of headlines, you know, kind of talking about, you know, his legacy and things like that. Of course, that's pretty natural. And then there's this one that comes out and the headline read, Smith deserves to be remembered as a champion, but not as one of the great blokes. What this guy wrote, (laughs) he argued that while um, Cameron Smith's on-field achievements are undeniable, if you were to walk into a pub, and I quote this, and ask people about him, it would cause fierce debate because he has been so elusive off the field. He's so elusive off the field. Like he's not in the headlines because he's just living his life. Like uh, it was so bizarre. There's another, there was another article I saw that was saying um, 
it, he waited too long to announce his retirement and that it's um, left a sour note in the mouths of many fans uh, and they labelled that his exit was clunky and felt empty. Probably a bit unfair. <laughs> and I, I didn't understand the relevance of it. I think we, as much as anyone, love off-field content and love getting to know a player and the player's family and feeling like we have that inside look. But from my perspective, I'm not going to talk about this too much because this is like quite personal for me and I have relationship with the Smith family and I don't want to get too offended, which I know I will. But all of a sudden his wife's not an influencer. He doesn't run his own Instagram account and we see nothing in terms of his off-field life. We see his evidently and clearly stated paid marketing content with his sponsors and with the companies that he's worked with and we see nothing else. And people have taken that as an invitation for him being quote-unquote elusive or private or not giving the fans what they want. And it's quite simply from someone who is from a generation that is not social media friendly. His wife has a private Instagram account. He has a manager-run Instagram account. And people have taken that as some invitation to him being closed off. Like he gives more than any other player more than any other player in terms of media and in terms of press and in terms of um, press conferences. I've never seen anyone stay at a stadium for as long as he does, making sure he hits every journo, answers all the questions that want to be asked and meets every fan on the field. But when he walks away to that and his family and chooses to keep that private, everyone has a problem with it. And to top this all off, then another article comes out and it it happens to be quite a storm-heavy kind of article theme as well here, which I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about, Georgia. Um, Brandon Smith uh, copped this completely false um, reporting on him asking for an early release from Storm and apparently his management offering to pay 200 grand to get out of Storm and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. Um, And Georgia actually spoke to Brandon and we've got a little bit of an audio clip to show how he um, felt about this as well that will um, insert in here as well. No, like, I honestly have no idea where they got it from. That's the problem, right? Yeah. Does that frustrate the, you? The, the, the journal didn't even put his name to it, so we don't even know who read it. Yeah, classic. And does that frustrate you? Like, I saw your sister-in-law commenting on it, being like, people thinking, my I don't sister, know you. My, your sister. My real sister. Oh, your real sister, sorry. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it pissed me off heaps. Because, like, they don't get held accountable whatsoever. Like, it's just, it's not great. They say that and goes around for a few days and then goes away and they never get in trouble for it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, it's, it's pretty bullshit. All this stuff kind of comes together, accumulates, and what it does is shows, for me, in my perspective, it shows that mainstream media loves one thing and one thing only, clickbait headlines. They want things that are going to cause drama, that are going to cause arguments that are, regardless of whether they're true or not, uh, get eyes on them. And I think that this is really, really toxic and scary. And I think it's also them, you know, grasping at straws because people are starting to tune out. It's ridiculous. Like the things that they twist and turn just to get a little bit of bait and a little bit of likes or whatever they think that they were achieving. Um, Yeah, I think it's embarrassing and I think it it, um I think it's sad and it sucks because some people do read it and they read into it and then they believe somewhat a bit of it and I think that's 
probably the really frustrating part is that not everyone thinks like us. So not everyone looks at it and goes, oh, what a bunch of idiots. Um, some people are reading it going, oh, I wonder if that is true. Well, I wonder if this is what they're actually like. And I think that's the worst part about it. Yeah, I think um, my biggest issue with all of this as well is um, exactly what Brendan said. There's no accountability for the journos. They can say whatever they want. The keyboard warriors as such, they can say whatever they want. It gets released. Then the players themselves or the athlete themselves has to go with their management and clean up the mess. They have to then reach out to the fans and say it was a lie. They have to go to the clubs and say, this isn't true, I'm not doing that. And I think that's not fair that they're having to go and clean up someone else's mess. Like, When is it going to be that that journal comes out and goes, yeah, guys, I lied? Like there has to be accountability for them as well. And Yeah, I think like Brandon said, this journal didn't even put their name to the article. And I also, like Brandon said, the report came out of thin air. He's not looking to go elsewhere. He re-signed for a, quite a lengthy deal at Melbourne and he hasn't been in conversations with any other clubs for a number of months now. So, you know, they're quite comfortable coming out and dropping these bombs and then, you know, the new cycle turns over and this player's left picking up the pieces and they just are on to the next. Like when, you know, I think a great saying is where there's smoke, there's fire, but quite frankly, there just isn't a lot of the time and the impact that these articles can have. And, you know, Brannon's is a story about chasing money or, you know, moving clubs. So often this, these articles, like the one about Cam and the one about Cooper, and there's been far worse, are attacks on their character or on their personal life or on people having affairs and different things going on in personal lives, which just aren't true. And then the journal walks off and types a new article the next day and the player's left fielding really awful comments from fans and huge concern from people who know them. Mm. And I think it's... It- Probably, you know, hearing Brandon talk about the fact that the journal didn't even put their name to it and then also um, that article about um, Cameron Smith taking too long to retire, that was also a staff writer one and it's it's cowardice to not put your name to it because you know the detriment that you're causing in, in writing it and as a writer, as someone who, you know, writes articles, it's just for me is frustrating but I also understand that there's a lot of pressure that comes from editors to get something out and get something out that gets a lot of um, you know, clicks, and I think it's it, it's crappy for a junior staffer to kind of be handed that steaming pile of dog poo. But it, it's also it has to come from leadership that this is not acceptable and that false reporting, as you said, Dakota, people need to be held accountable for this because it does have an impact um, on players and and on their mental health. We talk about this all the time. I particularly liked the tweet from Christian Welch. Um, <laughs> what a in, comment. In response that said, out of all the deserving journos for limited sports jobs in Australia, we've got this bloke leeching away, Fox NRL, you should be embarrassed. And that was to the Hooper article about um, Cameron being not being remembered as one of the great blokes. And that, that summarises it perfectly. As we saw last week with the topic that I raised, I did have an ultimatum because I wanted to leapfrog off this um, onto, and you started to touch on this, Georgia, the way that these headlines, these false reportings, these negative um, portrayals of you know players, and I think athletes across the board, not just in the NRL, when they're painted in, in a negative light, gives permission to particular types of fans who will, without a second thought, jump into a player's DMs 
and abuse them. I, I want to talk about this because it's something that I think all of us have seen on, on a personal level, um, whether it's, you know, the friends of ours who are athletes um, and the kind of disgusting things that I have even just heard about what people say in DMs. And the fact that they think they have the right to say it. <laughs> and Ridiculous. So, so I, I wanted to ask you guys, do you think it's a stretch to to kind of put two and two together that the way that, you know, particular players are portrayed impacts the way they're treated online? I don't think it's a stretch. I don't. I think you're not wrong in saying that at all. Like, especially if they're not on social media and you don't know the person they are, the only way you do know them, I guess, is the way that the media portrays them and that's like a Cameron Smith. If you don't know him personally, you just know what the media says about him, therefore you create a certain persona towards that person. And the most frustrating part about this is I promise you nine out of ten of these people would never ever even contemplate saying it to their faces. You find me someone who has slid into Josh Adokar's DMs about ruining his multi, who would see him on the street and say it to his face. Oh, I'm glad the boys are coming out finally like Josh's post. I was going to say the To post. actually say something because they've been getting it for years. They just cop it or they'll reply something dumb and then it blows up or that, but that, that nobody cares. Absolutely like, iconic. Like, yeah, like one of the best things he's ever done. And I, I think that we can't underestimate how intense this can be because a I'm not going to name him because we don't need to, but a friend of all of us that we all know um, who plays in the NRL and has been in some headlines told me that he would regularly come off the field uh, from a game and have 70 to 80 DMs just abusing him if he'd had a bad game. Yeah. And he is not someone you want to mess with. And again, he's also a funny bastard. And yeah. some of his responses are killer. Outstanding. <laughs> you know, like, and he's someone who can have a laugh, but we also know that it does impact uh, everyone, regardless of, of whether you're the kind of person who can just go, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever, take the piss. This, it, it's not okay. And I, and I do think the way that we portray all athletes as either, you know, dickhead footballers or you know or they they make heaps of money and they put themselves in the spotlight so they should expect this bullcrap um and and even I was at a New South Wales um office of sport her sport her way awards last week which was all about celebrating um female athletes who are pioneering from grassroots up to professional really beautiful morning and Chloe Dalton um, was a speaker there she spoke on a panel Um, she's incredible she won gold at Rio for rugby sevens and also plays in the AFLW just a massive overachiever big fan gonna get her on the show Um, (laughs) plug it plug it (laughs) but she was talking about she put this post up on uh, an account she runs called the female athlete project Um, literally just stating some facts the fact that in a lot of different sports, our women's teams are ranked a lot higher on a global scale than the, the men. There was not even any opinion. It was just like the stats next to each other. And the amount of abuse she copped, mostly from teenage boys, um, but a lot of abuse from that, it, it sounded absolutely horrific. So nobody is safe from this. And we need to do better at like we've – and I think this is going to be a running theme – like, you know, humanising athletes across the board so people don't treat them like like they own them. I think, Marley, what you said about drawing the string between the old school media and these clickbait titles and this fan perception and interaction with the players, it 
you know, some people might think it's a fairly long bow, but it's pretty easy to see. If you see a journo like James Hooper, who has been working in the NRL for years and years and is given plenty of platforms to speak on and really high player access, you can see how the average fan looks at him and goes, well, he knows. He clearly knows these players personally. He spends so much time around them. If this is what he has to say about Cameron Smith, it must be true because he's been around him for all these years. And just to be really clear, they don't. These journos have really limited times to interact with the players and very limited scripts that they're allowed to speak to. And it's all managed in a a controlled environment. This is post-match media conferences. The interaction that these journos have is very limited. They don't see these players with their families. They don't see them outside of that sporting setting. So it's not a long bow to draw and say, fans trust the opinion of James Hooper because sure, he must know Cameron when he doesn't. Well, it's a big one and we could talk about it for a long time. I was going to say. But we're going to wrap it up. And at the end of the day, advice for everyone. Be kind. Be kind. Athletes are human. Great Instagram as well. You yeah. should follow that. Nice. Treat them as such. Oh, yeah. nice. We're going to get her on the show as well. See what you did there. <laughs> nice. Shout out, Brandon, for chatting to us about this today. And Christian. Great oh, the cheese and Christian Walsh, legends of the game. We've done two episodes and two shout outs. Just the cheese, the can I just say? Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> thanks, Brandon. Like, hey, friend of the show, friend of the show. Friend. <laughs> can you believe it has been one whole year since our Australian women's T20 cricket side won the World Cup in front of a record-breaking crowd at the MCG? With Katy Perry, mind you. Um, It was a huge moment in Australian sports history, one that just so happened to fall essentially on the eve of COVID-19, and it birthed a whole new generation of cricket fans, including myself. I have now been to two whole cricket games. Are you proud of me? Uh, Amazing. I'm very proud of you. I hope Ash Gardner is proud of me because... Friend of the show. Friend of the show. show. We love her. (laughs) (laughs) So to line up with this one-year anniversary, Australian captain Meg Lanning shared with the Sydney Morning Herald one step she thinks will help drive the path forward in women's sport, and that is dropping the W. Mm. So... She's quoted as saying, the more we can refer to it as just sport rather than men's and women's sport is a good thing. There's definitely conversations that need to happen around it. While it does seem quite small and subtle, it can make a big difference. So it's just starting that conversation. Even with something like the WBBL and BBL, it's sort of the same competition. So even small messages like that. That's a quote from her. What do we think? Dropping the W... I'm actually going to have an opinion on this one, guys. Ooh, no fence-sitting. Love it. <laughs> uh, this is for you, Georgia. Um, I think it, it still needs to be differentiated. I think that's important. Um, I think it's a matter of, hey, I'm watching the basketball today. Yeah, it's the women's game. It's that. It's got to be that. It doesn't – I still think WBBL is a thing and BBL is a thing. Um, but I think in general you say – I'm watching the soccer. Yeah, it's the women's day league, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but I don't think we need to drop the W because I think that's important. And it's like how they do, um, you know, different grades or different whatever. That's how I think of it anyway. I don't look at it as this big difference, but then again. Different. So you're, you're pro W. Yeah, but I think it, you say the sport and then you differentiate yeah, who's I playing. Th- I'm confused. 
Keep do you want to you want to keep the W? Yeah, keep the you W. You want to change the conversation. I think Correct. that's that's my and point. having the, like the headline is we're going. I'm going to watch the basketball, and you go, who's playing? Go, oh yeah, watching the women yeah. play. They're playing blah blah whatever. I agree because like at the Olympics, that's how my brain works. Yeah. Okay, at the Olympics, you when they say the swimming's on, you go okay, the swimming's on women's hundred meter freestyle. Okay, so great. And I agree. Keep keep the W. Yeah, that but you makes need sense. to change. You need I think to change the conversation. Okay. You need no, to you change. Do. You need to change the conversation. As Kelly said, I'm watching this this today. Oh, yep, it's the women's plane. But you need to differentiate when you're putting it to the media. Even if we, yeah, because they. Were so there. you're talking about marketing. That's what yes, you're marketing, marketing wise. wise yeah. You need to keep the W. I think it's different though because we already think that it's just sport. Yeah. If if there's people who do don't have that same opinion, maybe a big change like that is necessary for targeting a bigger audience. Um, but me personally, that's how I feel about it. But if you do keep, if you do drop it, let's say, how do you market that? Mm-hmm. How do you put that on the TV when it says what's coming up next? Mm-hmm. You, like, it's, you need to keep it. Unless there, it's just they, the bloody description. Um, or also like visuals. Yeah. Oh, right. oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Men and women look oh, different. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, res- I respect your opinions and I disagree. Oh. Oh. Because... So I thought about this on a semiotic level. So that is, you know, signs. What do signs? I was going to say dif- definition, please. <laughs> yeah. So as this is where having a degree in words helps. So when you look at something and it conjures up an image in your mind or it conjures up a response, there are biases that come with that. So because of our patriarchal society, when you look at something that has that W in front of it or at the end of it, as is the NRLW, because of the way that it is framed in Australian society, what it instigates and makes a lot of people think is it is secondary to. Right. The, they're just because it is the addition of it shows that it is less than without it. You so in a, in a perfect world, if it was just society was just equal and stuff, you would feel like that's fine because we're differentiating. But because of the way that we are yes. and the patriarch, yeah, okay, yeah. I understand. That that that's I would say yeah. that because because of the gender inequalities right. that remain to exist, okay. that context plays a big part in. For me, I am pro dro- dropping the W, Georgia. Bob Murphy, who is a former Bulldogs AFL Bulldogs player, got slaughtered a couple of years back for calling the men's league AFLM, and I had a. Uh, privilege of listening to him speak about his thoughts behind that at a lunch and it was really similar to what you're saying Marley and I think I'm assuming now having heard you speak about it he has similar information on that secondary thoughts that come with adding a letter so his way to combat that was don't take away the w add an m and I can see where there's uproar about that because these leagues have been around for a really long time and to suddenly turn around and try and change that, that would be a huge move for a league like the AFL. But I don't know. I don't know if I agree with it either. I don't know if I would be comfortable calling it the AFLM and I I don't know. I'm a full fence sitter on this one. I'm really not sure how it is that you go about combating it. You're never going to make everyone happy and there's always going to be some very vocal old school people who just at the end of the day don't think that the women deserve to be there and unfortunately a lot of those people are still in positions where they get to make really important decisions so I think we're a fair way away from it but 
Yeah. 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 So I just feel like there's a lot of factors that come into this. Can I put a spanner in the works? Oh. Nah, nah, nah. I think I got it. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. Okay. So we're all talking about male-dominated sports. If we have the super netball, if menly came up, what would you call it? I, I know it, I, I would maintain the same thing. I don't I for me personally, I think the differentiation based on gender across the board, sport in real life, I think it we're at a point where we're outgrowing it. I think we need to think about not only you know talking about feminism, we're, we're cisgendered women, we're women who identify as women who were born as you know biologically women right and you need to be considerate of transgender athletes as well that's something that's coming through and that's something I don't know enough about but I think it could be beneficial when it comes to people who are non-binary or you know gender fluid things like that I don't I think it's about making sure that down the track we're not leaving those people out of of sport as well I think that that's that's for me where we're coming to a point where that this kind of like gender heavy stuff is kind of becoming you know, it, it's coming out of out of fashion almost. You know, so I, I don't know, and and I have complex feelings about a lot of that stuff. But as a someone who is, you know, pretty staunch feminist, my t shirt currently says "Dangerous Female" that I'm wearing, um, and I think you know all the conversations we're having as a country right now about women's safety and the place of of women in Australia um, is calling for. This kind of equality from from every single facet. We we need to talk about you know women not being seen as weaker than or less than or smaller than men, um, and I don't mean literally smaller, but I mean like you know your persona, your your value of your life. I, I think that all of this stuff, and again, like I said, signs and and what we think and and what um, connotations come up with particular wording and language is really important. And I don't, I don't have the answers of what you would do on a marketing level, but I think that's the least of your worries. Like we all know what the AFL is if there's no extra letter. But, you know, there, there are so many different ways. I, I just think that, it, yeah, my point was you say that that's the sport that's playing, but you still need a way to differentiate the teams, which is pretty much what you're saying right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we agree on that level. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah. And like, but when we'll talk I, about this when later. I think of it, <laughs> when I think of it, I think I don't want to play in the NRL. I don't want to, but I want to play in the W um, NRLW. But why? I feel like this because is because that's where I'm meant to play. Like that's but that, that's be- is that because you know that's what society's told you that's where your place is. Well, it is because I don't have a penis. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, this is going to turn into a really long debate. gender yeah, equality feminist. Marley's a feminist. Twenty twenty. You're a feminist, Keely. Mate, you're a feminist. What is a feminist? A equality, feminist, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> cop that. <laughs> and after that long-winded discussion, which I think is healthy, um, we come to our final segment of the show. It is our ones to watch, where we recommend what sport event or even a Netflix show you should be watching for the week ahead. I'm going to kick us off because I'm so excited about my ones to watch. I did a lot. You've been excited for this for, since last week, actually. Yeah. Okay. I am. I'm always excited. <laughs> All right. Jeez, kill me. Sue me, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited because of this podcast. It now feels like uh, sport content is uh, homework and it's homework. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. Um, and Dakota's homework. already asked: Is Ko Sports um, a tax write off? <laughs> <laughs> Which also want to sponsor me too, Ko? Yeah, thanks. that would be nice. Um, yeah, so I've just been. Not only did we just sit and watch every single game of football on the weekend, but I 
also when I was not watching football, watching sports. The Maddie John Show. Uh, we did watch the Maddie John sh- Show. Shout out. It was Shout great. But I was watching Making Their Mark, which is an Amazon original series that was recorded all the way through the AFL season in 2020 and follows like everything, all the hubs. And it focuses on a few key players and officials and how they dealt with it. Like I particularly love watching the story of Eddie Betts and his family. He has four kids and a, a beautiful wife who was pregnant with their fifth child at the time and like all this chaos and her bringing him being stressed because kids couldn't go to school and he was in Perth and all this stuff. Like it's so amazing. And I'm not, you know, someone who has been a massive AFL fan just because it's not been the football that I have grown up with, but it has made me so excited for the AFL season, which kicks off this week as well. Um, so I've been watching that and then I went to the movies on Sunday and I saw the documentary um, Girls Can't Surf and oh my God, it was so good. It was so, so good. It profiles the stories of, you know, a handful of um, the pioneering female surfers who pushed and fought and sacrificed so much to get women surfing to a point where in 2018, 2018 or 2019? I think it was 2018. It got to a point where the WSL came out and committed to paying um, female surfers the same money as male surfers. So they're just killer. There's so many badass Aussie women who really just, oh, my God, they inspired me so much and I, I wish I was a surfer. I think I'm going to start to learn What surfing. have I said always? Gnarly did? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gnarly Marley. <laughs> surfing is the coolest thing ever. It is. It's. I mean, and we grew up in Cronulla, of course. It's like, oh, man. Anyway, those were my one to watch. <laughs> Girls Can't Surf and Making Their Mark. Highly recommend. Let's go to Melbourne. Hey, um, my recommendation for this week, very fitting, seeing as I'm from Melbourne, is AFL. Finally starting back. It feels like it's been a super long off-season this year particularly. Um, specifically, ones to watch are Tigers on Thursday night, opening the season. Reigning premiers obviously have a bit of a dynasty going up on at the moment but have had a super controversial off-field off-season. So I'm really interested to see how they pull up after all of that. Also, doggies are playing on Friday night. I highly recommend if you don't have an AFL team, get around them because we love the dogs. Um, but, yeah, footy's back. Get around the AFL, New South Wales and Queenslanders. Colonel wasn't prepared. <laughs> so, okay, well, you don't I'm have not, to say Penalty, one. 20 push-ups. I can't do that. And for me, watch this week. Um, we actually started the show talking about him. We're going to end the show talking about him. My lovely, good, very close friend, Cameron Devlin. Um, he, yeah, he plays in the A-League for Wellington Phoenix. He will be playing Sunday afternoon against Brisbane Raw at McDonald's Stadium if you're up in Newey. Um, and shout out to Ollie Sale and Liam McGinn, who have also been playing really well in his team. Um, so just plugging the A-League because – Cameron Devlin will be coming on the show in a few weeks. So, Of all the people who said, get him on the show, he's the most realistic one that we're actually going to get on the show. Oh, yeah. I, and he wants on the show. He said, um, yeah, I just got to lock in a time. Mate, it's coming. Well, you have made it to the end of episode two of Chicks and Balls, the podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this incredible, fun amazing journey i don't know why i need to put all those adjectives in but that's how much i feel for this show and yeah (laughs) and you're a bunch of legends (laughs) lemon wedges please make sure you follow us on instagram at chicks and balls pod subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast right now if you are listening on apple Podcasts, give us five stars if you like liked it please thanks that'd be nice um and leave a comment do those things tell your mates about it share it around 
<laughs> and poor old Georgia said she needs to pee. What a note to finish off. We're leaving that one in. Uh, and quit. We are. We are. Bye. Bye, homies. See y'all when I'm looking at you. I'm so glad we got that.